Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us each and every single Wednesday, and I'm so thankful and grateful for him taking the time to do it. We've had him on the show before, friend of the show, and again, I'm so excited now for this weekly segment. My good friend, J.D. Paquel, 
Of On3 Sports, he joins the show. JD, what is up, my friend? Again, first things first, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so pumped to have you on, man. And uh, again, I can't say thank you enough. What's up? No doubt, man. Hey, living good, brother. How are we doing on your end? We're doing well. Uh, the only reason I hesitate is because things on the baseball side of things could be better. They could be better. Lost eight of your last nine, you know, kind of crumbling down the stretch. Could be better, but uh, no, man, all in all, we're doing well. Hey, host of the hard count, by the way, you guys go live every day on YouTube. First thing, there may be some folks who are not familiar with you, your show, your content. Let everyone know just off the jump, off the rip, where they can find all your work. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I mean, we're over there on the Author YouTube channel every day. We got some content coming for you. You can follow me on the socials at JD Paquel on Twitter and on the gram, but no, man, I appreciate you plugging us on here, and, and I'm excited to talk some ball, brother. I, I know you said baseball isn't going exactly how we hoped. <laughs> right around 100 or so days till we kick off football season, so just hang tight. should be a good one. <laughs> For sure. And, of course, people, if they're not, will become very familiar with your work, at least in Gamecock Nation and SEC circles, because we're going to make sure we pump all the content out there, right? You and I talked about it off air, doing some legendary things with the content. With that being said, J.D., let's get right into it. Uh, on the college football front, expansion, realignment, these are things that are inevitable. The big news dropping yesterday, the Magnificent Seven, which I don't know why they call them that. It sounds more like the like, like a superhero group of some kind or a boy band. I don't know. Either way, the Magnificent Seven from the ACC, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, Virginia Tech. These schools have met in the past several months with lawyers examining grant of rights to determine just how unbreakable it is. Translation, these schools want to leave the ACC. Your overall thoughts on that? Of course, I know you talk a lot of SEC. You talk college football nationally. But you got to think a couple of these, Clemson, Florida State, would probably be the top two. I think they're going to want to join the Southeastern Conference. And just your overall thoughts on that and the way that college football just continues to change on what feels like a daily basis. Yeah, man. I think the whole deal with the ACC, the Magnificent Seven, the first thought that I had when I heard about this story and then, you know, re-examining the grain of rides and, okay, how unbreakable is it, is just that this this was inevitable, right? We've been talking about the Super Conference era for forever, it seems like, ever since Texas and Oklahoma were that first domino to really fall, at least in recent memory, and then USC and UCLA followed suit. And so with Florida State and those schools in the ACC saying, hey, we, we bring in a lot of money, we're not getting as much as our counterparts in the Big Ten and the SEC who we want to compete with for national titles – something ain't right here. Something ain't adding up. Something's got to change. And so not only is it Florida State and Clemson, but like you mentioned, there's five other schools now, half the conference that's saying, how do we get out of this? So what, what it feels like right now is we're at this point where everybody wants to throw out how hard it's going to be to get done. Hey, there's it's 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 a tall task. I'm not you can get out of this this deal. There's a lot of verbiage here that lawyers have put together. And there was somebody in our YouTube comments that said, Lawyers have a funny way of undoing what lawyers put together, and that's kind of what it feels like we're at right now. But, I mean, Chris, think about it this way. I mean, everybody was saying Texas and OU can't get it done a year early. It's not going to happen. And then a week later, it ends up they're going to go to the SEC a year early. So I think there's a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of power in one room that have motivation to get out of the ACC. So when it happens, I'm not sure, but I wholeheartedly believe this is going to happen before 2036. Are you a fan of the changes to college football, the expansion, the realignment, the expanded playoff? Where do you stand on all that? Yeah, it feels like a necessary evil a little bit. I think I'm, – I'm not sure where you fall on this, Chris, but 
for for me, like just the the memories of college football, having USC play Oregon every year, you know, in my childhood or I guess every other year, it felt like, um, you know, th- those rivalries. Once we start tinkering with that, I start feeling a little bit gross when we start talking about the realignment. But at the same time, I think it is, like I said, a necessary evil and it's going to make for a lot of fun matchups like. I'm going to be the first one signing up to, to watch USC play Ohio State or, or watch UCLA play Michigan. Like, that's going to be freaking good football, man. When college game day shows up in Columbus for USC coming to town for a, a Big Ten kind of game, like, that's going to be a lot of fun. So I look to the future and get excited about the matchups, but then also look to the past and I'm like, man, that's some good times. We had, we had some good times with what college football was, uh, but it feels like those days are slowly but surely passing us by. Yeah, JD. I know. I know people hate change. So it's and, and, and when you're changing, such a great thing. I mean, college football. It's not like this thing where it's broken needs to be fixed. It, it, it's been great forever. I mean, I, I think there's two ways, obviously, to look at it. And I think that's always the case when there is change. You can look at the positive or the negative, right? What are you leaving behind? What are you gaining? I mean, I agree with you. Rivalries over realignment, right? Like you don't want to lose out on some great matchups, but. You know, I, I just think about the SEC in general. We can take it here also, by the way, if we want to take it to the the SEC. I mean, I think a nine-game conference schedule is coming. I think the three permanent opponents is coming. And I know that's like that's going to be a tough adjustment for people. But at the same time, like the fact that you don't have to wait a decade to play a certain team, like I think that's going to be really cool, having, having these cycling opponents and being able to get these great matchups. I think what was the stat? It was something like Georgia, like, Texas A&M's been in the league since 2012, and they still haven't been to College Station. Like, like, how does that happen? You know what I mean? Like, that won't be a thing anymore. So, you know, I, I'll take it to there, J.D. Your thoughts on the expanded conference schedule in the SEC, the three permanent opponents, which it sounds like is what the reality is going to be moving forward with the conference. Yeah, I think overall that's a good thing. Like like you said, there, there's rivalries over realignment. That's a great phrase. I would definitely trademark that if I were you. That's phenomenal. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the benefits. Like there's there's for, for all the negatives that have to do with realignment, all the things that we're not excited about with with hanging on to what college football has been and what's made it so great. There is still some things that's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like how has Georgia gone X number of years not playing Y team? Like they should probably, if they're in the same conference, play on a semi-regular basis. That 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 just feels like good common sense. So it's it's kind of this back and forth in your mind. You got the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other, and it's like realignment's bad. Well, realignment's good. Well, realignment could be this. Well, realignment actually could be pretty positive in this way. So I think the thing that sits with me the worst with all the realignment talk is the people making these decisions, the people that are you know putting together these new conferences are people with MBA degrees and people that went to law school and people that wear a suit and tie to work and have three different Teslas in the garage. It's not people like you and me, Chris, that are like, man, I wake up just living and breathing this game. I can't wait for Saturday. I can't wait for college game to be back on the TV. Like all those things that the people that really make up the sport, those are the people that I would trust a little bit more with the sport. But at the same time, you know, the people that are in charge are in charge and you know, we roll with it. So that that's what sits the most uncomfortable with me around realignment. Now, J.D., shifting gears, you had Wes Mitchell of Gamecock Central on your show. And you guys, you know, I thought the, the clip that really moved the needle, right, one of the, one of the hot topics of conversation on that show, Lenora Sellers, right? I know the on three guys did a great job of identifying him early on in the process. The Gamecocks land him late in the process, get him to flip from Syracuse. 
You know, J.D., I'm not sure that Lenora Sellers is going to be a guy that we talk about a ton going into this season just because, hey, Spencer Rattler's the guy. We all understand that. And, and I'm someone, too, J.D., that I, I, you know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I went into last year thinking, okay, you know, Spencer's the guy, but Tanner Bailey's going to play. Braden Davis is going to play. They're going to have this mop-up duty, and it never happened. Now, was some of that because of the Satterfield effect, and I don't think we expected games against Charlotte and South Carolina State to be slugfests, but, you know, that was the Satterfield effect. So, anyways, anyways, going into this season, and I thought the conversation that you guys had, though, was really, really interesting because, obviously, you caught my eye when you start comparing anybody to Tim Tebow. And the way that Florida used him as a true freshman, I said, let, let me stop and listen to this and see what's going on here. What did you pick up from that conversation with Wes Mitchell and just thoughts on Lenora Sellers, a guy who, you know, I don't know is going to get, I mean, obviously made hella impressions after the spring game. I think we all look at him. He could be the quarterback of the future for South Carolina because of his, his skill set, his size, his intangibles. He's got everything you look for and a big-time quarterback. But what did you pick up on that conversation with Wes Mitchell? What type of impact do you think he could have? Because Spencer Rattler's obviously the guy, but Lenora Sellers has got a skill set that could potentially help this team this year. Yeah, man. First of all, Wes Mitchell does phenomenal work. Absolutely brilliant. Really dialed into to the operation down there in Columbia. But I think when you look at Lenora Sellers, the, the thing that comes to mind with him is he's not somebody physically you need to really wait on. Like sometimes, and you know this, Chris, guys will get on the campus and it's like, yeah, well, now this is college football and we got a meal plan for you. We got a strength program for you. You were the most talented guy at your high school by a good couple of miles. But now we're going to make sure that we kind of beef you up and get you ready to play. Like Lenora Sellers, I think he's like six foot three, two thirty, like an absolute grown man walking around. And uh, when you see that kind of a frame to go along with his skill set, it's hard to not have the gears turn a little bit and be like, man, well, fourth and one get an extra blocker, you call quarterback power. You know, we got a hat on a hat. The safety's got to come tackle the quarterback. Lenora Sellers 230. I mean, you're not going to tackle him just, you know, w without getting your your face rubbed in the dirt just a little bit. So I think the temptation is 
to utilize that skill set. Now, I understand that for South Carolina fans, it's going to be this. We want to see him play versus also, hey, save him for the future, man. We'll take all the years of eligibility that we can get. So I, I think that Wes is on the money, though. I mean, with how big he is and how physically imposing he is, I think there's absolutely an opportunity for him to be used situationally, you know, with Spencer Rattler not being in the game on, on fourth down. I really think there's there's a lot to to like about that skill set, without a doubt. I think J.D. as well, when you factor in South Carolina and the state of the running back position right now, and like you mentioned, you might be in a position where third and one, fourth and one, you know, no disrespect to those guys in that room right now, but it might be a better option to get creative. And getting creative might mean getting him in the game. And like you mentioned, using like a Tim Tebow and comparing somebody to Tim Tebow's aggressive. But in that same manner, right, throwing a defense off and, you know, we'll see if Dalvin Loggins adds that wrinkle to the playbook. Um, JD, when do you normally drop, like, do, do you do, like, full-on predictions, like, for every SEC team or pre predicting the East-West chance? Do you do that? When does that come for you if that happens? Yeah, man. So, we'll we'll do some of those on the On3 TikTok page. We'll go kind of just game by game. And it's, yeah. it's funny, man, because they, of course, they get dug up after the season. It's like, man, we're calling our <laughs> shot in June. Like, I, I didn't know Joe Burrow was going to be Joe Burrow, you know? So, um, but, no. So, we'll, we'll break that down, I think, closer to – the end of this month in June, um, we'll probably do some more in-depth stuff with South Carolina and breaking down, you know, the schedule. But, I mean, that's six and a half win number. I think you and I might have talked about it last time we were on here. That's, that's tempting. <laughs> I mean, there's tall yeah. towers in Vegas for a reason, but right. South Carolina covered the number two years in a row. I mean, I think that's a, an early best bet if you're uh, – if you're looking to make some extra greenbacks in one of those states where you can gamble some money. <laughs> well, that's where I wanted to take the conversation, though, J.D., because what I think is just so interesting, South Carolina, they feel like sort of one of those volatile teams coming in the season where you label them as extremely dangerous. But then I look at that, like Caesars has got them at six. And I'm like, why is this number at six? It almost feels like one of those, what does Vegas know that we don't type of deals? There's this discrepancy between you got some people who have the Gamecocks preseason top 20, and then you got the over under six. So, like, how do you explain that? Do you think it's more of a schedule thing? Is there something about this, this roster? Is I mean, like, where do you fall? Because I, I know we all look at that number, and there's what are they like? Feels like there's like six SEC teams that are either at six or six and a half. I mean, it's just such a brutally competitive league, but like, that number jumps out. And I know, again, you say, and I feel like everybody's saying, hammer the over, hammer the over, hammer the over. And maybe this is the, the uh, I, I don't know, man, the pessimistic chicken curse Gamecock fan coming out at me. But, it, like, it scares me. It scares me to, like, it's such a no-brainer pick. Like, where does your mind go? Why do you think there is such a – and also, by the way, the computers, they hate South Carolina. Does that really matter? Not necessarily, but, like – I feel like South Carolina is just a weird team going into 2023, if that makes sense. It's one of those teams, and we saw it in the last year, like going into the game against Clemson and the game against Tennessee, they were double-digit dogs, like two-score underdogs to both those teams. And, I mean, we do a prediction show during the week and predict them on Thursday or Tuesday, whatever it was, to lose those games. Say, hey, South Carolina, they're phenomenal. I love Shane Beamer. Don't think they're beating Tennessee. I have to show up that Sunday and just kind of have a sheepish grin, and I'm like, man. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what Shane Beamer was bringing. And so it's one of those things, too, where I think you go back and it's so hard to quantify and it's so hard to to really pinpoint. But and it kind of feels like a cop out answer. But I, I talk about, you know, just the culture at South Carolina, like 
is South Carolina just the superior roster to a Clemson with how well Clemson's recruited over the last couple of years? Like, maybe not, but it sure as heck didn't matter on that Saturday. It didn't matter when Tennessee showed up on that Saturday. So I think, you know, that there's a piece of it to where I'm like, there's just sort of this X factor with South Carolina with the culture that Shane Beamer's got there to where, you know, they don't really seem to care what Vegas is saying. They don't seem to have too much attention paid that way. And uh, if, if I'm betting with the Gamecocks, that's kind of the ace in the hole for me is like, well, Vegas thinks this, but hasn't hasn't been a factor the last two games of the year. So that's kind of where I lean when it comes to South Carolina. And that number is just the Beamer and Vegas seem to not totally be synced up just yet. Now, I know uh, I know June, you mentioned, is when you guys are really diving into schedules, getting predictions. But you, you look at South Carolina's schedule. I'll put you on the spot, J.D. North Carolina in Charlotte, at Georgia, at Tennessee, the Florida game at home, Clemson at the end of the year. There's some big games on the schedule. Is there one at Missouri? My God, how can I forget? Because you've lost four in a row somehow to the Missouri Tigers. Is there a game for you, though, that you look at that jumps out that you say – if the Gamecocks like are for real, if they're going to exceed or even match last year's win total, that'll be the game where you sort of know, okay, it's clicking. Like this is a South Carolina's finishing second or third in the SEC East. Which game is that for you on the schedule? I think Florida and Missouri are the two that you look at pretty closely because Florida is one of those teams that's like right around the five and a half win total, kind of supposed to be a down year. We don't know who's playing quarterback. And then Missouri, kind of the same thing. Is it going to be Jake Garcia? Is it Brady Cook? Offense scored like 24 24 points a game last year. Like those teams to me now with where South Carolina is as an operation under Shane Beamer, it feels like those are the games that they are supposed to win, supposed to take care of business. If you want to be an eight win team and if you want to, you know, be a team that consistently wins eight games in the SEC. So those are the two that I look at as like the the swing games because Georgia's Georgia, Tennessee is a question mark. You know, North Carolina, I think we learn a lot about, but it's still only week one. So who are you week one? You might be different week 10. Um, but Florida and Missouri, I think, are games where if you want to set the floor at a certain spot year in and year out, those are games that that we need to win this season. Now, J.D., there's a lot of emphasis going into this season on year three for Shane Beamer. And year three is kind of the year we find out, you know, I don't know if are you the guy or not the guy. That might be a little bit aggressive. But like you mentioned, the trajectory of your program – do you believe in that as like a hard, like, okay, like if Shane Beamer's going to take Carolina to the next level, it's got to start to happen in year three. They've got to win eight games or more. Like, do, do you buy into that? I mean, is that something that you think is kind of just one of those stats that isn't, doesn't really always hold true? Like, where do you fall on that, the importance of year three for a head coach? I think the eye test for South Carolina this year, because I, I do buy into the year three. I think all year threes are not created equal. And I think that's probably the case for South Carolina. Like you compare Steve Sarkeesian's year three at Texas and where South Carolina is right now. I think you judge those seasons differently. Um, but going back to what I was saying about South Carolina, I think if you were to lose to a Georgia, no one would, would you know be upset with South Carolina. But I think how you look in that game is important and how you stack up. Um because South Carolina had had a lot of games last year where it felt like, you know, I mean, the Tennessee and Clemson game are, are great examples. I mean, they just brought it that day, and it was a kind of a South Carolina team that looked very different than the, the game we saw against Florida. Um, and so kind of just seeing a consistency in terms of the product you're putting out there week to week is really what I'm looking for. If you win eight games, awesome. That probably helps recruiting. That probably bolsters, you know, the future of the program. Um but I don't know that if they were to win six games or let's just get crazy, the sky falls in, something horrible happens, and they just get off the rails, they miss a bowl game. Like, 
I'm still not selling any of that Shane Beamer stock because I think that the play with him is, is in the long term and what he's building culture wise, recruiting wise, all those things. Um, I think those are things that are going to pay dividends for the long term. So that's where I fall on that. But I'm excited for year three, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. J.D., let's switch up the conversation a little bit. The big news, maybe the biggest news of the day, FBS football players will be able to be in EA Sports' new college football game. This is coming from Michael Rothstein. Uh, were you a big NCAA football video game guy? And how excited, if you were, how excited are you for the new game, which is supposed to drop next summer? Oh, man. I think it was my <laughs> 14th, 15th birthday. I asked for a PlayStation. I asked for NCAA. And when people ask me today still, like, do you play video games? Like, man, not really, but I play NCAA a lot. Uh, and that now has kind of gotten the the question of, like, what game is that? Which is just, I mean, you know Chris Frush just is a heartbreaker. So I expect uh, an influx of PTO across the country for summer 2024 <laughs> for people to be buying the game. Uh, but no, man, so fired up for that. Good for the NCAA, good for NIL, good for all the lawyers involved to get that done. Because, I mean, you and I both know it's it's been something that the masses have been calling for now for, for a long time. But I cannot wait to be a quarterback for Old Dominion, run for 700 yards a game, <laughs> uh, finish second in the Heisman Trophy, um, and win a national title my first year. Well, J.D., I was going to say, if you ever need your fix, my friend, over the summer we do the uh, season simulation series. I've got the old PlayStation back here. got college football revamped him. We'll stream it on YouTube, man. We'll simulate the season, the South Carolina season, that is. So, yeah. Oh, you, ever, you ever want to get your – hey, and I'll tell you this. It is some of – and it's and it's it's very – I mean, you you live in the social media world. You identify it very easily. But you can find out really quickly, you know, who's who takes life a little too serious. I was going to say who's miserable. Maybe that's aggressive. But who takes life a little bit too seriously and who doesn't? Because I'll have people that – you know, complain about the, the the simulations and the way they go. And I'm like, dude, it's a video game. Like, this is meant to be – it is July. We are hungry for football. We have nothing. SEC Mini Days happens, and then we have nothing. This is meant to curb the appetite until we get there. But I will say this to you, J.D. Scores obviously aren't, aren't accurate statistics, whatever. You'd be stunned, though, how often the game, how close it gets the record. You'd be stunned. Absolutely. Really? The, hey, th I'll tell you this. The simulation last year had South Carolina beating Clemson. Really? Okay. I'm just okay. saying. Sometimes the simulation speaks. Sometimes it's really absurd, though, which is a lot of the time. I think the final score in the uh, the Charlotte game was like 27 to 24. So, which granted, it was close at halftime. But anyways, it's a lot of fun. You ought to tune in if you ever get, <laughs> ever get bored. No, the Have July. to, man. Yeah, Have it's to. a blast. No, it's a blast, man. J.D. Paquel of On3 Sports. J.D., I'm looking for man again. I appreciate you doing this every single Wednesday. We're going to have a lot to talk about, and we're going to have a lot of fun, man, over the course of the offseason, too. People think, oh, it's dead. Dude, what always, it never ceases to amaze me, J.D., in just the Gamecock sphere is something new every day, man. There's always news happening. There's always something. Some coach said something, or some somebody did something, or, I mean, certainly when it goes to the SEC and national, man, college football never stops. So, excited to talk all about it, or all, about all of it with you, my friend, and, again, appreciate you being part of this. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, J.D., we'll talk soon. Take care, brother.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.